Hey everybody, um, this is Pastor Hicks coming again with the Sunday recap. Um, last week came from the topic of I'm still standing. Um, this week we're going to come from the topic of victory, a term used um, loosely. Um, normally you're just associated with with sports or overcoming, but we're going to come from a text of a prayer of a woman of the Bible who have experienced who has experienced victory. Um, we can draw some keys um, from this for living uh, moving forward. It's actually Hannah's prayer post the birth of Samuel. So I'll start off reading First uh, Samuel chapter two verses one to ten again from the New Living Translation. And whenever you listen to me, that's normally where I'll come from. And I'll go into some of the points that we talked about yesterday in the preaching moment. Um, if you enjoy this anchor, this podcast, please um, press the clap button. Please leave a message. Um, please comment. Please question the dialogue um, that we are having and will have is, is great and rich. And I appreciate every piece of it. Well, let me get to the reading. Then Hannah prayed, my heart rejoices in the Lord. The Lord has made me strong. Now I have an answer for my enemies. I rejoice because you rescued me. No one is holy like the Lord. There is no one besides you. There is no rock like our God. Stop acting so proud and haughty. Don't speak with such arrogance. For the Lord is a God who knows what you have done. He will judge your actions. The bow of the mighty is now broken. And those who stumbled are now strong. Those who were well-fed are now starving, and those who were starving are now full. The childless woman now has seven children. The woman with many children wastes away. The Lord gives both death and life. He brings some down to the grave, but raises others up. The Lord makes some poor and others rich. He brings some down and lifts, lifts others up. He lifts the poor from the dust and the needy from the garbage dump. He sets them among princes placing them in seats of honor for all the earth is the Lord's and he has set the world in order. He will protect his faithful ones, but the wicked will disappear in darkness. No one will succeed by strength alone. Those who fight against the Lord will be shattered. He thunders against them from heaven. The Lord judges throughout the earth. He gives power to his king. He increases the strength of his anointed one. And Elkanah returned home to Ramah without Samuel. And the boy served the Lord by assisting Eli, the priest. Again, that was 1 Samuel chapter 2, verses 1 through 10. Um, I started off the discourse, or the preaching moment. I'm just talking about victory and giving the definition of victory is the act of defeating an enemy or an opponent in a game or competition. And I took a historical slant, talked about the Civil Rights Act of 1964 and um, the Brown versus Board of Education decision that came against the Plessy versus Ferguson decision. Voting Rights Act, the abolishment of apartheid, all those are um, legal victories. And I used the term considered when I talked about those terms, um, because even though those were victories at the time, there's still a place of discrimination. There's still a place of economic disparity. There's still a place of lack of job opportunities and it sometimes feels that when we have those kind of victories legally or in our culture um, they're really not victories at all because it's sometimes hard to discern from the place that we consider 
a jump start from where we won to a place where we are right now. Um, and true victory is sustainable victory, sustainable change, a real movement. But then I left that point um, still introducing the text and I talked about personal victories. Um, when you're through with a sin in your life, not just asking for forgiveness, but asking for repentance. Um, when a loved one gets up from the bed of affliction or when they're called home to eternal rest, that's considered a victory. When your marriage is mended, um, sometimes just beginning another day, moving on from yesterday and having the wherewithal to, to just move forward is a victory. Victory over a stale worship experience in your church life or your worship life. A victory in now believing that miracles are able to happen. Um, victory when you're giving discernment to know who is for you and who is against you. And Hannah's prayer is very um, reminiscent of victory because she's not coming from a place of, Lord, help me through a storm um, or Lord, help me through hard time. This is this is often what we find hard to celebrate um, in the church or in the life of people. This is a text that's steeped in God, you brought me out. And this is what I'm saying after you brought me out find it very interesting that we celebrate the rough times, we celebrate the sandpaper part of life, but it's hard for us to have the freedom internally to say we made it. And maybe it's because we're not used to being victorious. Um, but I love um, Hannah's prayer. We're gonna dig into it as we talk about the topic of victory. And I pray that it blesses you. Um, the first thing that I brought up in the preaching moment on our Sunday recap is since I've got the victory, I've got something to say. Again, that first point is since I've got the victory, I've got something to say or to my folks who are listening who are grammatically squeamish. Since I have the victory, I have something to say. Um, again, this is Hannah's prayer of adulation of thanksgiving. I dig into Hannah's life. Hannah's one of the two wives of Elkanah um, and Hannah's plight was very interesting because the text in 1 Samuel chapter 1 talks about the family going up to the temple, but the other wife, Penaniah, was able to have children. Um, Hannah was not able to have children. So before we get to the text of her having the victory, she is in a rough place. Um, Penaniah continues to oppress her and, and belittle her because she knows she can't have children. And in that time, a woman who could give birth was exalted. Then her husband really didn't understand how to love her um, through this period in her life because he gave her a larger portion of meat or he gave her things. But really what she wanted was love. Really what she wanted was victory. Really what she wanted was acceptance. So on the way up to the temple, he got a, she got a double portion of meat, Hannah. Um, and Penaniah got a double portion of children, a double portion of love and a double portion of praise and sometimes we find ourselves in those places um, where we're, where we don't even think we're on the cusp of victory and people um, treat us as less than because we aren't victorious yet but what Hannah did in light of not being victorious yet she prayed um, she prayed to the point that um, the priest Eli thought that she was drunk she prayed um, and she was so deep and her going before the Almighty God. Eli thought that she was intoxicated and her prayer was, Lord, if you bless me with this child, I will give this child back to you. If you give me the victory, I won't attribute it to me. I'll attribute it to you. So after the victory is where we find 
the text after she she prays and Eli sees that she's praying and and he blesses her um, for just the intensity in which she's asking God for the victory and asking God to make a move. Because um, what I didn't mention earlier was her womb was shut up by God. It's another very interesting point um, in our text and in our lives that sometimes God is waiting for us to come to him. Um, this is not a place where he's empowered you to do it, but he's waiting for that relationship or that connection so he can un unlock what he has in you. And then so you can attribute um, the change or the victory in your life back to God. So what happens in, in the beginning, uh, um, what happens in chapter one is Eli sees, Eli confronts her. He she tells him, I'm praying. Eli blesses her and says, you will have a son. She goes back. She goes to worship. She goes back and reconciles with her husband. They go and conceive and then she has a son. And she calls her son Samuel because I asked the Lord for him. So then when she we open up in chapter two, now we see um, Hannah and her victorious state. Now we see Hannah praising the Lord. Now she has something to say. It's what interesting. She had something to say before when she was going before the Lord. But now she has something to say after the Lord is blessed and moved in our life. Um, and this is a point. In our lives, when God has done or God has changed and God has shifted, when we should have something verbally to say, um, we don't need to be the frozen chosen. We don't need to sit on the facts or be ashamed that God has brought us out. I'm overcoming heartache. You got something to say. Overcoming depression, overcoming hopelessness, overcoming addiction or overcoming naysayers after an early pregnancy in your life or overcoming people who look down on you after the abortion or overcoming the pain um, coming from joblessness when as a man or a woman you want to provide for your family but you cannot at this point and you are in your head feeling like less than and when you come out of those situations that's a victorious place and you should be rejoicing there's nothing wrong um, with lifting up hands there's nothing wrong with having a smile on your face there's nothing wrong with telling somebody this is how I made it I'm still victorious um, when you've been brought out or still victorious as you are still doing what God has called you to do under the hedge of oppression, under the hedge of racial or sexual um, or social or socioeconomic oppression and still rising, still being more, still saying, um, as Jesse, Reverend Jesse Jackson would say, I am somebody still keeping your head up high. These are places um, where people can be and are considered to be victorious. And these are not a place, a, these are not a place or is not a place of silence. This is a place of articulation of what God has and what God is doing. But the warning in the text is making sure that we give the praise what praise is due. Um, Hannah is very clear about where um, her strength comes from. She had the, the wherewithal to go to God, but she was given the strength and the womb was opened up because of God. Many times when we are celebrating our victory, we forget we're on the podium of life that we're not there under our own strength um, financially when we when we quote unquote make it or socially when we quote unquote make it or physically when we quote unquote make it or in our relationships or we make it so often we let folks keep the praise on us 
How did you do it financially? Well, I took care of my money. Or how did you do it with your relationships? Well, we learned the five love languages and we treat each other better. Or how did you do it with your weight? I just worked really hard. I went to the gym. And all that is true. Just like Hannah, we have to bring responsibility and going to God and not just um, having an irresponsible walk of faith. So you do have to do things with your money. You do have to make proper investments. You do have to uh, make proper investments in your relationship life. You do have to make proper investments with your health. Health, But that is also tied to the source of your strength. So as I stand on the podium life and I give credit where credit's due, all the credit does not heap upon me. I am where I am because of God's grace. I am what I, where I am because I've connected to my power source and my power source flows through me and I'm able to take care of my finances. I'm able to not be a two-chord strand, but a three-chord strand of my marriage with God being in the middle. I'm able um, to say it wasn't just hard work or eating right, but God gave me the wherewithal to turn my plate down. Or God gave me the wherewithal to get up in the morning and train. Or God gave me the wherewithal to not take that second helping of the food I shouldn't have had in the first place. Um, so when we are victorious, I should have something to say about what God has done, but I should also have something to say about the source of my victory. The strength of it comes um, from the Almighty growing in me and maturing in me. I'm able to be victorious. Then our second point is victory is mine in spite of my conditions. And it's, it's a very powerful part of the text. Um, goes into saying, stop acting so proud and don't speak with arrogance. The Lord is a God who knows what you have done and he will judge you by your actions. Then Hannah does comparisons. The bow, the mighty bow is now broken. Those who stumbled are now strong. On those who were getting fat are now starving, but now the starving are full. The woman who was childless now has seven and the woman who has many children waste away. In other words, she's talking about the trouble she endured while her womb was shut up and she never curses those who are mean to her. But she does call out what they did as if to say, God brought me a mighty long way. She has victory in spite of her conditions. And I found this very interesting um, in, in my life and the lives of others um, as we're living this thing called life. That in our prayers, we are very careful not to call out the things that are done to us. Unless things get really, really bad. It's almost as if in our prayer life, we don't want to be that real with the almighty God, but still expect him to deal with our enemies. Um, I did some research and it's called um, a imprecatory psalm or imprecatory prayer where a person curses or call out, calls out someone who has caused them crisis. These psalms or these prayers are honest expression of pain in the face of grief and wrongdoing and are a valid biblical response to God in prayer from the depths of our humanity. I instructed the church to read Psalm 109, where David goes in on his enemies. In other words, we're saying, God, you saw what they did and yet you saved me. You saw the lion's den, Daniel, they tried to put me in. You saw the fiery furnace, three Hebrew boys, you tried, they tried to put me in. You saw how they dealt with me after kneeling for a flag. You saw how they dealt with me with disparities in the workplace, God. You saw how they dealt with me with flowing drugs in my community or the school to prison pipeline. God, you see all of this. And I can't expect God to give me a real response if I'm afraid to call out principalities and powers of wickedness in high places in my prayers. I can't, I can't expect a real relationship with the Lord if in when I'm talking to him, I'm not telling him, I'm not conveying through 
the third person of the Godhead, the Holy Spirit, the comforter, the female form of God. I cannot expect a real response or a real comforting if I'm not telling what is really going on. And it's not as if I'm informing a being that's all powerful and all knowing, I'm not informing them. I'm having the courage to say it and speak it out of the heart. Out of the mouth issues comes flows the issues of the heart. So if you're being wronged and if there's a problem, have the courage to tell the Lord what is really going on. He already knows. He wants to know, is it bad enough where you will come to me and tell me? Name names. Say what it is. Call out the indiscretion. Call out the inequity. Um, call out whatever it is that has been wronged to you. And perhaps the Lord will grant victory in that place or show you where you are the one doing the wrong or, or intercede on your behalf. But there's a part of that relationship with the Lord that many of us are scared to breach because we believe it's, it's, a, it's mean for us and our Christianity is mean for us and our relationship with God to say, God, this is the problem. This is what they're doing. Deal with my enemies, God. Deal with deal with those who are coming against me. Protect me from the racism in our country. Protect me from the oppression. Protect me from those on my job who are coming against me. God, in fact, show me where I'm at fault. And at the same time, cover me. I, mean, I pray that frees somebody um, in listening to the podcast because it's irresponsible of us to ask dad to step in. We aren't telling dad about the bully that's bothering us. But then Hannah also talks about two conditions in her prayer. She talks about trials. She talks about troubles. And I, I, I flash back to chapter one during the preaching moment that when she prayed for Samuel, she never called names. And I know what you're saying, Pastor, you're just doing, you're, you're doing a contradiction. Hear me out. When, when she talks about um, what she came through, she's also very focused on the fact that God is the one who's doing the moving. And God has placed these trials because her trial, her trial is getting to have a child. The trouble was the wife, the other wife. The trouble was the husband that didn't understand. The trouble was the context of which she was born in, where she's less than a woman or the perception is she's less than a woman because she doesn't have what the other wife has. But the trial for her is to stay focused on the Lord, even in spite of the troubles. And oftentimes, yes, we have something to say after we're victorious. And yes, we can be, be victorious in spite of our conditions. And yes, we should pray and be honest in our prayers about those who are, for lack of a better term, getting on our last nerves. But there is a place of focus in my life of faith where I understand that troubles are going to come, where I understand that problems are going to come, but I'm focused on completing the trial. And I use this analogy, and we're coming from Philadelphia, so I use an analogy using a New England quarterback, Tom Brady. And I believe folks didn't shout in the morning because they're very um, territorial. But I said, when I've, I've watched guys in training camp, quarterbacks in the pocket, they do a drill, Tom Brady and others, um, where they get used to the pass rush, but they keep their eyes focused on the target down the field. In other words, the trouble is the pass rush, or the trouble are people trying to sack the quarterback. But my trial is are my arm mechanics, 
to get the ball to the receiver or get the ball to the running back or get, my, get the ball to the tight end so that we can score. My trial is moving my team to a place of scoring and excellence. There are troubles along the way, but I need to stay focused on the trial. I need to stay focused on the objective. And I pray this blesses someone as they're listening to the podcast. Troubles are going to be there. Often we want what's called a clean pocket in in football. We want to be at a place where there's no trouble. There's nobody falling at my feet. There's nobody trying to knock me off my path. There's nobody coming to get me or trying to get me away from where God is trying to take me. There's nobody trying to get me off my objective. But the reality of this thing called life and what builds in us endurance and what builds in us longevity and what builds in us strength is our ability, our God-given strength to deal with the fact that troubles are existing and yet I will focus on the trial. I will focus on my success. I will focus on what's ahead of me. I will focus on my objective and I won't get caught up in the ancillary things of life. When my focus and my and my and my my laser-like precision should be on getting the trial done, completing the trial, whether it's first down to first down, 10 yards to 10 yards, whether it's going to work every day and giving my very best and still focusing on working on entrepreneurship when I come home from the job. Please hear me. Please stay focused on your objectives. Please stay focused on your objectives. The world will send counterfeit. The world will send trouble. The world will send everything to get you off the focus. And sometimes the deepest place of trouble will come from those closest to to you. Penaniah, the other wife, was close to Hannah. Elkanah, the husband, was close to Hannah. All those were there to try to sway her off her, her focus. And her focus was getting before the face of the Lord and saying, Lord, I know you called me for more than this. I know there's more than this to life. And my, my prayer, God, is that you will send me the son. I'm not going to go and take out the other wife who's been oppressing me. I'm not going to go and take out the husband. I'm going to stand on your word and move forward. And I pray, Lord, um, that those who are listening, stay focused on the trials. Stay focused on your objectives. Do what he called you to do. The troubles are there. And that's why I pray the prayer I'm praying. So God, deal with my troubles so I can focus on my trials. Deal Deal with my troubles. Deal with the racism. Deal with the oppression so I can focus on my liberation. And then finally, um, in our Sunday recap, I'm on the winning side. Since I'm victorious, I'm on the winning side. Hannah speaks to this end. She says, those who fight against the Lord will be shattered. He thunders against them from heaven. The Lord judges throughout the earth. He gives power to his king. He increases the strength of his anointed one. She comes to a place of recognizing that she's glad she chose God in all of this. She said, I'm glad I didn't decide to fight against the Lord. Decided to let my anger build up so much that bitterness set in. I want to be on the Lord's side. His attributes are this. If you fight against the Lord, fight against the almighty God, fight against this preeminent being of the universe, you'll be shattered. He's so powerful, he thunders against his enemies from heaven. 
He judges throughout the world. He judges throughout the earth. He gives power to his king. That's allegory for he gives power to the Messiah that's to come. It's very interesting that she had enough insight to think about. Even though I'm blessed with the son, I know that my faith is leading to a place of a savior that's on the way. And you want to make sure that in your victories and in your articulations and in your prayers and in your recognizing of your trials versus your troubles and in your giving God glory for the victory and giving God credit um, for the victory that you make sure um, that you're on the winning side. Um, you're on the side of light. You're on the side of the Lord. Um, you're on the side of Jesus the Christ. Um, and I'm not here to split hairs on different faiths. I'm not here to split hairs in this podcast on your belief system. I'm here for everyone to listen and, and to know um, that you want to be on the side of righteousness. Um, you want to be on the side of righteous living. You want to be on the side of having a relationship um, with God. You want to be on the winning side. Winning will take some ups and downs. Winning will take bumps and bruises. Winning will take coming out of your comfort zone. Had a woman who prayed to the place of being seen as intoxicated and being confronted in that, that wasn't comfortable for her. If you want to win, if you want to be victorious, get on the winning side. Make sure your prayers aren't going to the ceiling and bouncing back. Make sure you're meditating on the word of God. Make sure you're coming to a place of silence at some point in the day where you can hear the creator talk to you. Letting him, letting him, him letting you know that he loves you. You're comforted um, by the Holy Spirit. You're moving forward because you have an intercessor um, in Jesus the Christ making a way for you. Um, I hope this blesses you. I hope this podcast blesses you. I hope um, that um, in all that you do, you're moving vic toward um, victory. I don't want to be arrogant and say all that you do you will be victorious because you're going to take some losses along the way. We all do. Learn from the setbacks. Learn from the hard times. Um, learn from the mistakes. Um, learn from the willful indiscretions that we all make. Make amends. Come back. Lace your shoes up. Straighten out yourself. Dust yourself off. And be of a victorious mindset. You do have something to say. Your voice matters. You do have something to say as God has given you a victory. If you're listening to this and you're alive, you have something to say. You are victorious for this very day. Don't forget. Give God glory. Don't forget that you should focus on the trial on your objective. What is he calling you to do? And where are you called to go and to work and to be? Troubles will be existent. But again, victory is attainable. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to us. Um, this is this podcast today. This is Pastor Hicks. Don't forget to check us out on Facebook, um, Christian Street Baptist Church on Facebook. You can um, see us also on Instagram under the same heading um, or on my page, Necessary Changes, um, where I post some interesting things. Thank you again for listening to the podcast today. It's been your Sunday recap. I'll see you guys next week. Be blessed. Peace.